This time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 14th of April, 11.15pm. Done him in, have you? Ah! The voice from beyond the fence made me jump and I lost my precariously crouched balance. I sat down on wet grass. You've finished him off, haven't you? My next-door neighbour continued. And now you're burying the evidence. I peered up. By the moonlight, which was bouncing off Mr Price's glasses, I could see him nodding. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. I'd have done the same thing if my missus had left me for a bit of crumpet. Slowly, my brain registered what he was getting at. Oh, no, I haven't murdered Brian. I was just, um, I stuttered, uh, burying, burying the gerbil. Yes, the gerbil died. And you're burying it in your nighty. No, in a plastic bag. Why would I want to use... I glanced down and saw that the torch, which I had dropped when spoken to, was spotlighting my fallen open dressing gown and exposed bosom. I clutched the two sides of my dressing gown together and tried to get up without revealing any more of my anatomy. Mr Price was scratching his chin. I didn't know you had a gerbil. Um, uh, yes, had it for years, since the children were small. He shook his head. Who'd have thought it? A little thing like a gerbil living that long. And you couldn't wait until morning to bury it? Uh, no, Adam was very upset. I thought it better to do it straight away. I wouldn't have blamed you, mind, if you had done him in. Must have been off his head, leaving a fine body of a woman like you. <laughs> well, I think I'd better go in now. That's right, you do that. He leaned forward and winked. And this'll be our little secret. I must remember to tell Adam that should Mr Price make any comment, he is to say that he was devastated by the loss of his beloved gerbil. It may come as a surprise to him, as we haven't had a gerbil for ten years, but no doubt he will put it down to Mum's increasing eccentricity. Why didn't I just tell Mr Price the truth? Lots of people write letters to themselves, although most probably don't bury them in the garden in the middle of the night. But as tonight is my last night as a forty-something, burying a letter, setting myself goals for the year, seemed to be a sensible thing to do. At least it seemed a good idea when I thought of it, which was an hour ago, after a glass of wine. But I'm impressed with the ease with which I was able to concoct such a convincing lie on the spur of the moment. With skills like that I could have been a politician. Indeed, if I'd thought of that before, I could have added, get involved in local politics, to my list of things I want to do before I'm 51. But I'm not sure if it were that convincing. I suspect Mr Price now thinks that I'm guilty of murdering my husband. I'd like to say that the thought had never entered my head, but I'd be lying. At least it would have added something to my highlights of last year, which currently stand at having to call plumber to unblock the toilet and being told off for putting feminine items of hygiene down it, being egged on Halloween for asking a witch where her manners were, eating too much on Christmas Day and burping during the Queen's speech, although from the first mum made you'd have thought HM herself was in the room, having to call the plumber to unblock the toilet again, 
and being told off that time for using too much toilet paper. Husband leaving me for a bimbo. I don't want another year like that. I will get a new plumber. In fact, that's number one on my list. Just before lose weight and find new man. No, I remember. I crossed off new man and put acquire a new skill instead. Far more worthwhile. I've wasted enough of my life on useless men who only let you down. And what are they good for? When it comes down to it, who needs men anyway? Not me. I am happy to be a woman alone. I am independent. I do not need a man. 11.55pm In five minutes I will no longer be able to say that I am in my forties. I will be fifty! Fifty! That is so old! How am I ever to find a new man when I am old and past it? Not that I want a new man. I really only want my old man. But he's chosen a 28-year-old bimbo in preference to me, and I've accepted that. Although, how you can have a meaningful relationship with someone who doesn't know the complete words to YMCA is a mystery to me. Being 50 will be fine. How much different can it be to be in 49? 12 midnight. Oh, I'm not sure if I want to wake up in the morning. I wonder what my obituary would say. Alison Turner, aged 50. I would forever be recorded as being 50 when I died without having lived to enjoy it. If you can enjoy 50, that would be very unfair. Not only to me, but to my children and my mother. It's probably best for everybody if I do wake up in the morning. I don't want to be responsible for an error in perpetuity. 15th of April, my 50th birthday. 7.50am. Cards received from Mum and Dad, flowery. Daughter, with ancient Native American quotation. Pippa, arty. Bev, rude. Brother and sister-in-law, cute. Her choice without a doubt. doubt. And Great Aunt Millie, to five-year-old nephew. Cards missing, too, from son, predictable. And husband, admittedly ex, but did think he might send one anyway, as it is a special birthday, and I am the mother of his children, with whom he spent 23 years. And they can't all have been bad, surely. Other letters received, three. Two offers of a loan, in return for a small percentage, probably of my soul, and one letter from the solicitor, enclosing my decree absolute. The solicitor had said it wouldn't take long, but I thought, hoped, it would take longer than this. But I'm not going to let this bring me down, especially not on my birthday. It used to be breakfast in bed, with a daffodil in a milk bottle on the tray, followed by a birthday bed romp. The last time I got a cup of tea and a perfunctory peck on my forehead. Should I have read the signs? No, I will not think maudlin thoughts, not on my birthday. Later. I was about to leave for work when there was a knock on the door. I opened it to find a delivery boy almost hidden by a bunch of roses. My heart leapt. My husband has had a change of heart and realised that a mature woman is far preferable to a flighty young thing and he decided flowers would say this better than a card. My shaking hand made it difficult to open the envelope attached to the bouquet. 
my heart sank as I discovered it was from my daughter and son. Instantly, I felt very unworthy of the title Best Mum in the World. After yanking my heart back up to its correct position, I rushed for the door, leaving the flowers in the sink with last night's dishes. It took ages to find a parking space, making me very late for work. When I arrived, wheezing impressively, young Mr Davis and Muriel were already in the office. Sorry I'm late, I panted. Well, you're here now, Muriel smiled sweetly. I had a lot of extra posts to open this morning, I hinted. Never mind, smiled young Mr Davis, but perhaps you could answer the phone that's ringing. Oh, oh yes, of course, I grabbed the receiver. Good morning, Davis and Davis, financial advisors, how may I help you? I'd like to speak to Mr Davis, please. Would that be Mr Davis Senior or young Mr Davis? Oh, I don't know, I'm afraid. The gentleman I've been dealing with must be in his 50s, so I don't think he can be young Mr Davis. Oh no, that is our young Mr Davis. One moment and I'll put you through. Who shall I say is calling? Mr Davis. Yes, I'm putting you through to Mr Davis, but who shall I say is calling? Davis. Davis. Young Mr Davis. went into his office, closing the door loudly, just as my caller spoke. Davis, Davis? I thought I might have misheard, but as he replied again, Muriel dropped a heavy file on the floor. Davis, Davis? I didn't think it was very likely, even in Wales, where we have some strange customs, that a man would be given a name that was clearly a surname as a Christian name. So I said, very slowly and precisely, I am putting you through to Mr. Davis, but what is your name? My name is Davis, David Davis, and I would be thrilled to speak to young Mr. Davis or anyone who has more than a grain of sand where their brain should be. I was about to come back with a witty retort, but I was aware of Muriel's eyes on me, and I couldn't think of a witty retort. But I shouldn't have to put up with unpleasantness on my birthday. Not that anyone happening to walk into the office right now would realise it was my birthday, as there is no card to show it. I don't understand. Muriel always sends me a card, and I'm sure I might have mentioned, once or twice, that this was a special birthday. Now I'm all alone in reception drinking my coffee, and I'm finding that coffee tastes very bitter when nobody loves you. 11.25am. Very late end to coffee break. They do love me after all. Muriel, Mr Davis Senior and young Mr Davis all came in singing Happy Birthday, followed by For She's a Jolly Good Fellow. Mr Davis Senior started on She'll be coming round the mountains when she comes, but had to give up halfway as he couldn't remember the words. Muriel was carrying a Marge Simpson cake with 50 candles. It took me four attempts to blow them all out. They gave me a card they'd all signed. Many happy returns, Richard. Happy 50th birthday, Alison, and many more love from Muriel. And best wishes, Barbara, crossed out, Hilary, crossed out, Alison, in Muriel's writing, from A.P. Davis. I was very touched also by their gift of thermal underwear. I'm not sure what the choice of a Marge Simpson cake says about their opinion of me, but I think she's a good role model, on the whole. 
although I'd have preferred Wonder Woman. Tea time. Adam returned from a hard day at college. I met him just inside the front door. Had a good day, love. Uh, many lectures today. Uh, one. What's for tea? There's a pizza in the fridge for you. I'm going out for a meal, remember? He wandered into the kitchen and opened the fridge door. Big spicy meat, good. At least that's what I think he said. It was hard to he tell with his head buried in the fridge. Then he headed for the lounge where my cards were displayed. I followed. He looked round, his brow furrowing. He's remembered, I thought. Where's the remote? I sighed. In the drawer, I expect. I bought you a pizza as I'm going out for a meal. If you remember, Adam, I told you Pippa and Bev were taking me out to celebrate my birthday. He stopped rummaging in the drawer. I could hear the penny turn in the cogs. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Mum. Thank you, darling. I held out my arms for a hug. He leaned forward far enough to allow me to grasp him for a moment before he pulled away. Oh, it won't be a minute, he said. Two minutes later, his voice called down the stairs. Mum, there's wrapping paper on my bed along with the sellotape, scissors and a pen. Ah, thanks, Mum. I'm nothing if not prepared for my son. He returned five minutes later and handed me a parcel. It amazes me that two children can have the same genes, be brought up in the same environment, and one could rap for Britain, while the other has not yet worked out that the sellotape is to be attached to the paper, not the present inside. Still, the present inside was lovely. A collection of my favourite body shop goodies. I was surprised that he knew what I liked, until he told me that Chloe had told him what to get. A little later. At one minute past six, the phone rang. Hello, Alison, is that you? Yes, hello, Mum. It's your mother here. Hello, Mum. Just called to say happy birthday. Did you get our card? I told your father he should have posted it earlier, but you know what he's like. I told him Marjorie, you know Marjorie from next door. I told him she had sent a cheque to her grandson in Aberystwyth and it never got there. Are you having a nice day? Yes, thank you, and thanks for the voucher. That's all right. I never know what to get you. You've got so much. And you can use a voucher to get what you want. A Marks and Spencer's voucher is always useful. They've got their new summer range in. Have you seen it? It's very orange. Not my colour, but it might suit your skin. I told your father we'll have to get down there and get him a new jacket. His old one is only fit for gardening. Still, mustn't grumble. He's had it thirty years. That's the thing about Marks. Their clothes are made to last. A new jacket now will outlast your father. Adam will be able to have it when he's gone. Oh, don't talk like that, Mum. Dad's all right, isn't he? Yes, he's fine, always under my feet, but you never know. Look at Marjorie's husband. Out playing golf one day, dead the next. But he did get knocked down by the captain of the golf club's claw, Mum. That's not the point. I'm just saying you don't know what's around the corner. You have to be prepared. Did I tell you our wills are at the bank? Yes, Mum. So, are you having a nice day? What are you doing this evening? Have you had a card from Brian? I ignored the last question. Mum has never been able to accept that Brian, perfect, polite, handy, son-in-law in a million Brian, had played away from home, as she put it. 
Pippa and Bev are taking me to Marco's this evening. Oh, that'll be nice. It'll be good for you to get out for a change. And have you thought any more about coming to Tenby with us? We've booked the caravan for the first week in June. I do wish you'd come. You know how your father gets under my feet when he's got nothing to do. You'd be company for him, and it would do you good. You won't be going away otherwise, will you? I, I told you, Mum, I think uh, Muriel's away then. I'll have to cover for her. Look, I have to go now and get ready. The girls will be picking me up soon. I'll see you at the weekend. Uh, why? What's happening then? We're going for a family meal, remember? Dad suggested it. Chloe's coming home for it. Oh, yes, of course. That would be nice. We'll, well, have a good time and don't do anything I wouldn't do. I thought that didn't leave me much scope, but I didn't say that to my mum. Later again. I did a twirl in front of the long mirror in Chloe's bedroom. Not bad for a 50-year-old, even if I say it myself. Benjamin Bear was stretched out on Chloe's pillow. I thought she'd taken him to university with her, but I guess there's not enough room in the bed for Chloe, Benjamin and Tryboy. Oh, I must try and remember what his real name is without having to ask Chloe again. That was the nickname Brian gave him when he scored a try in the game we went to watch. But I mustn't think of Brian now. Not on my birthday. I must think of other things. Oh, oh, but not Chloe in bed with Tryboy. I definitely must not think about that. Our roles have been reversed. Chloe is an adult having sex. I am a naughty child who forgets her manners in public. When I was her age, sex was barely on the agenda. Will it ever be again? Very, very, very late. It's not fair, not my birthday anymore. I love birthdays. I love Pippa and Bev. I love Adam and Chloe. I love Brian. No, I don't love Brian. Brian is a lying, cheating rat. I don't love Brian. Brian has dimples when he smiles. He doesn't smile at me anymore. Only at Bimbo. Brian left me for a bimbo, 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 bimbo. Don't love Brian. Love me. I'm new woman. No, Pippa and Bev are making me new woman. No, that can't be right. Don't want new woman anyway. Want Brian.